postpartum body odor. It is a totally natural phenomenon because your body chemistry changes after giving birth. And so sometimes that means that what worked before is no longer effective. But I am excited to say that now there is a solution for that stubborn odor. The Sugar Sugar Postpartum Deodorant is a completely natural deodorant made by a postpartum mom who went through it herself. And it works by eliminating and preventing bacterial body odor without covering up your skin's comforting smell to your baby while giving you 12 hours of odor control. And let me tell you, it actually works. Here at the house, we've all been trying it and loving it. Now, before you think, ew, you're sharing a deodorant with your husband and daughter, let me explain that this full-body deodorant comes in a convenient pump applicator that lets you apply it anywhere on your body with no bacteria traveling on the deodorant, so no ew involved. We also love that the Sugar Sugar Postpartum Deodorant has a delightful natural scent of USDA certified organic extracts that smell like a pink sugar cookie with lemon frosting. I thought this would be a little strange, but it's actually amazing. Also, the Sugar Sugar Postpartum Deodorant is free from artificial fragrances and any kind of senoestrogens or herbs that can interfere with breastfeeding. Find your Sugar Sugar Postpartum Deodorant at postpartumdeodorant.com. That's postpartumdeodorant.com and use the code BIRTHFUL for 20% off through the month of May. Get your Sugar Sugar Postpartum Deodorant now at postpartumdeodorant.com and start smelling more like yourself again. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You've taken gorgeous photos of your baby or your kids, and then when you want to share them, it is a pain either trying to find the photos or figuring out the group text that they should go to, and then also remembering that, say, Aunt Helen only does email, so you need to send her image separately. Or like in my case, where my husband is a photographer who takes magnificent photos that I rarely actually get to see because they live on his phone or end up scattered in text messages that I can't easily find. Enter the Family Album app, which was created to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with your loved ones. Basically, it's a personal space for your family's memories without third-party ads or unwanted eyes and with a bunch of fabulous features. It automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and easily see how your child has grown. And you can also order eight photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. The Family Album app also has unlimited storage. Plus, it's totally free. Yup, no more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by third-party ads. So, to all the parents out there still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, level up your family photo game for free and securely with the Family Album photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, all in one word, and download the app to start creating your shared photo legacy. Welcome to the Birthful Podcast. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today we're talking about the power of comforting touch during labor. 
How should you touch a laboring person during contractions? How should you touch them in between contractions? Should you use both hands? Should you lean in? How fast should you go? Why is touch helpful at all? Yiska Obadia has answers. Stay tuned. The Birthful Podcast. Talking to maternity pros and new parents to inform your intuition. Hello, mighty parents and parents-to-be. As always, thank you so very much for listening and all the love you give the show. If what you hear is helpful, you know what to do. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. It's free. All right, so my guest today for this renewed episode is Yiska Obadia, and we're going to be talking about the power of comforting touch during labor. Now, even though it seems like the most simple of tools, I can't tell you how many times I've seen the act of just putting a simple hand on a laboring person's shoulder bring immediate relaxation and tension release. So I am very excited to explore why touch works so well and what to pay attention to to make it even more powerful. Yiska, welcome. I am so happy that you're here. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so comforting touch. I find that that is, before we get into like the, the techniques and details about the comforting touch, tell us a little bit about what got you into this combination of comforting touch and doula and all the work you do. Sure. Um, so I started out as a massage therapist going back 23 years and, um, about seven years into my work in massage therapy, I had a, a friend and a client invite me to attend her birth. And she just, she just thought she would, you know, want to be touched, you know, during labor and want massage during her birth. And, you know, at that point, I'd never even heard of the word doula. And I was like, yes, I'd love to be there. And um, she had a beautiful um, it was actually a home birth and, um, I did, I massaged her the whole time. She used touch a ton and it completely changed the course of my life. Um, I went on to become a doula and, um, after also attending acupuncture school, I kind of moved back to New York city and wove everything together where I was practicing acupuncture and massage, and then also working with doula clients and, of course, bringing those skills of touch into my work with my clients. And then about three years ago, a fellow doula asked if I would teach her some techniques that I use, you know, as a massage therapist to work with her clients. And, you know, I had never really taught what I was doing, but it was really great because it forced me to think about, you know, what, what am I doing that makes this feel right and good for my clients? And I was able to kind of identify not only specific techniques, but also very specific kind of principles, overarching guidelines for what makes, you know, touch feel satisfying or not pleasant. And in particular, in the context of birth. Mm, I love when aha moments happen like that and yeah. things come together. <laughs> Connecting the dots is the best. Yes. Yeah. And I do want to talk about those principles, but before we get into that, um, what what like let's get to the big basics. Like, why is comforting touch during birth helpful at all? Sure. So, I mean, there there are different kinds of touch that is helpful during labor. Um, the 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 
kind of touch that we use that's usually referred to as counter pressure. And we'll talk more about this in the in the principles, but is the kind of touch that you provide during contractions. And the reason that is so effective, like when you're pressing on her hips or on her back, um, is there's this theory of pain. It's called the gate control theory of pain, which basically um, understands that there are a certain number of sensory input receptors that we have in any given moment to register sensation of any kind, painful or not painful. And so when we fill those receptors with non-painful input, like a pleasant pressure or um, sometimes even a a scent or warmth, um, those things fill those receptors that would otherwise be experiencing pain and in essence dilutes the intensity of what someone might be feeling during those contractions. And then, you know, whenever we provide any kind of like relaxing touch um, or hold, you know, our partners or our clients during birth, um, touch has been studied to actually help lower stress hormone levels. So we know that, you know, being able to be relaxed and feel safe is really super important for uh labor to, you know, progress smoothly. And um, it also, in and of itself, also increases the bonding hormone that we call oxytocin. Um, So it actually has a very strong effect on our hormone levels, just, you know, holding and providing a relaxing touch at any point during labor. But I'll say more because there's a real difference between the kind of touch that people want during their contractions versus the kind that they want in between contractions. Mm. And I have never heard anybody say what you just said in such a succinct and clear form. I'm like, (laughs) oh, yes, one (laughs) speaks to the nervous system, the other one speaks to the hormones. (laughs) And of course, there's the, like all of that has benefits in terms of like cascades into better mood and just, release attention and all the good things so absolutely yeah yeah definitely yeah let's talk about more of those guiding principles of that you have because it it, there's a lot of I want to I love that you focus on this on figure out what the purpose is for your touch and what what's behind it rather on how to do a specific movement Mm -hmm. right so so that people can apply it regardless of what positions they find themselves in or what's going on. Like if you only have a toe available, <laughs> focus right. with your principles <laughs> on that toe. So, right. <laughs> yeah. What are those principles? So um, a little bit picking up from where I was talking about before, it was just that um, the first important piece is understanding that when we think of massage in labor, typically what we think of as massage, like stroking or, you know, rubbing in some way, um, rocking, those kinds of things are typically not what people like to experience during their contractions. The reason is because um, during your contractions, you're usually trying to focus your mind in some way. So you're focusing on your breath or a certain visualization. And, um, and you know, if, if there's this like moving kind of thing that's drawing your attention away from that mental focal point, 
it, it, it feels overwhelming. You'll, you'll, that's when you'll often hear like someone say to their partner, like, you know, stop or, or even to their doula, you know, just, you know, stop. It's just too much to feel at the same time while they're feeling what's going on in their uterus. Um, but, uh, during contractions, you know, we talked about that gate control theory of pain, um, when you provide a very steady, firm grounding pressure with your touch, and it's not massagey, um, it it helps dilute the intensity of the um, contractions while not taking your attention off of your mental focus. It's so steady and grounding that it can be there, helping to dilute the intensity, but not you know, taking you off of your focus. So, um, so those are the, 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 the first distinction is that the, the relaxing kind of massaging techniques to release tension, those are very welcome in between contractions, uh, um, or in earlier labor. And then when contractions are in full force, that's when you're going to want to use more of a firm, steady counter pressure, um, and like a hip squeeze or a pressure on the back or, you know, wherever she says, you know, she's feeling something, you can go there. Um, does that make sense? It does. Now, that's a great okay. distinction because, it, I mean, we're talking and I want to clarify that we're talking about comforting touch because in New York State, you unless you have a massage therapist license, you can't say you massage anything. Right. Is that the... right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so like no doula can... It's comforting can... touch. It's comforting touch. No doula can provide massage unless they're a massage therapist in New York State because it's not. Then, yeah, the law gets angry at you. Because they say so. Because they say so. <laughs> so that's why we're using the words yes. comforting touch. Um, but yes. I think that is a great distinction of what is needed and why is needed. So I... I Tell me more about the, the the importance of a grounding contact. Yeah, it's um, I think it's really just about that, you know, the sensation of a contraction can, you know, especially as labor, you know, gets progressively closer to giving birth, the intensity can feel overwhelming. And if you want to be focusing your mind and if you, you like that feeling of being held is just um, and grounded is just you know, it, it, it helps us ride the wave, you know? Um, I don't know if I have more to say about that, you know, um, or the right words to mm -hmm. describe why that grounding feeling is so important, except for that people really respond to it. Yes, they do. And in my experience, that grounding can happen as in, in, in many different ways that are not very intrusive and it can be as simple as just putting a hand on somebody absolutely like touching their shoulder and, and and even pressing just a tiny bit down yeah or even with a a, a birth scarf or a rebozo of yeah you know just wrapping it around them and pulling it down just a tiny bit it is absolutely ugh, it always blows my mind how on how something so simple can provide so much relief and change well, I think it does have something to do with like when, when, when you're held or any part of you is, you know, especially when you gave the imagery of the, of the rebozo just around the shoulders and just a little bit of downward pressure, someone can then release their tension. They can relax and let go because someone has got them. They're not needing to tense up just to 
uh, grip themselves uh, against what they're feeling. They can surrender to it more because their their structure and their being is being held and contained for it to all happen. And that it's something that we instinctively as mammals gravitates towards. I mean, think of swaddling for babies and how babies just love to be snuggled and really tight. And, and you know, as they grow older, your kids are asking you to wrap them in like a burrito in their comforter before putting them to bed. Um, Absolutely. Right? I just bought a gravity blanket, you know, those like weighted blankets that like help you like hold you just put a little bit of weight to help you feel just more grounded. It's it's I think it is instinctive for a lot of us that it calms the nervous system when we feel weight or or, or grounding or Uh, even just gentle pressure. So that is a great place to start. And um, I know that your principles kind of build on and off of that. Let's Mm -hmm. take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll just let's go deeper into those principles. We'll be right back. In our house, we are big on hydrating. Aside from all the important health benefits, I find that if I'm not well hydrated, I get these brutal headaches. So it's really important for me to hydrate. However, I do not like the taste of tap water and I cannot bring myself to buy bottled water because of all the plastic waste. So for years, we did pitcher filters, but then we switched to AquaTrue water purifiers and after tasting the deliciousness of their truly clean water, We are never going back. What makes AquaTrue so unique is that they use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. This process removes 15% more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, also known as forever chemicals, that are found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water. You can also forget about having to change filters every two to three months because AquaTrue filters last from six months to two years. Now, if plastic bottles are your thing, just one set of filters from AquaTrue's classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. Today, my listeners receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code BIRTHFUL at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the promo code B-I-R-T-H-F-U-L. And we are back talking about the usefulness and importance of comfort, to, comforting touch during labor. Um, so you, Scott, yeah, tell me more about the principles that you've kind of created. Sure. You know, I think um, one of the most important principles that I talk about with people, especially when I teach, you know, classes, I say, if you learn, if you don't learn any techniques from me, If we just stop now and you did whatever you do instinctively, intuitively, and naturally, just slower, you are going to amplify the the feeling of of pleasure, of relaxation that you're able to offer to your partner. Um, Slowing down gives your nervous system enough time to catch up with all of the 
the available like relaxing sensation that's there. So this is more applicable when you are trying to help your partner relax, not necessarily that grounding pressure that we were talking about before, but you know, if you are massaging their shoulders or, you know, offering a relaxing stroke down their back um, or down their legs, if you just slow it down, they'll be able to just feel so much more because it actually takes time for your brain to register something happening at some place in your body. So if you slow it down, there's enough time to catch up with it. And then also I think that slowness is just inherently relaxed. You know, we're, you know, oftentimes if somebody's breath is getting, you know, quickened or shallow, you know, uh, we might coach that person to, you know, take a slow, deep breath um, so we can match that cue to relax and slow down with breathing with a touch that's also slow and relaxing in that way. Mm. And that would be, excuse me, more applicable to... In between contractions is what you're saying. Exactly. Yes. Yes. The flow that I typically follow is that, you know, when the, when the contraction comes, I will do some kind of counter pressure, a squeeze or leaning into their body and pressing on something. If they say, you know, um, you know, they're feeling in their back, I'll, I'll press on their back, you know, um, and, and there are different techniques that I talk about in my, my classes and my guidebook, but, um, but I'll, I'll do that during the contraction. And then when the contraction passes, I'll just do one or two strokes that are relaxing to release some of that, you know, tension that might be held in the body from that last contraction. You know, when I first started, I used to feel like I needed to massage, you know, or provide comforting touch for my, my, my doula clients the, the whole time. And what I realized was that it's so welcome once you've released the the tension after the contraction has passed it's so welcome to have time where you don't have to be stimulated or feel anything in between contractions you know that's the beauty of nature right there's this you know in, intense sensation and then it it ebbs and then it comes again and it ebbs and that ebb serves a purpose. It serves a purpose for the, 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 the muscle and the blood flow to be restored and the strength to be restored to that, that muscle and that break. And then also though, to the nervous system to be able to like, you know, have a break from nervous system stimulation so that, uh, they're ready for the next wave when it comes. Mm, so much so, and especially as it get more gets more and more intense and that time of rest in between becomes shorter and shorter, I do like to tell my, my clients to just focusing in between contractions of resting smart. So... It, mm. being having a fo- you know having an intention for that time to re- recoup from what happened, go back to, you know, ground back to a a baseline with your nervous system or whatever it is, just release the tension from the muscles and then be ready for the next one. Because, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's that it's that nice little balance between doing stuff and resting, doing stuff and resting and taking that pause in between to rest so that also, like, you know, muscles, right? When they're contracting, you want to release them completely so that when they contract, they have that full force. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. 
and and if you and if you don't release completely, you're like starting for the next one in a tighter place. You're gonna get cramped up, or you know, it's gonna be like a crampy movement instead of getting the full energetic potential of of your movement. Um, yeah, yeah, and and you get that, and you know, we can talk about the fear tension release cycle that is created there when you're more tense you get more pain or not fear tension release pain tension release um why am i not why is my brain not working you know what i'm talking about <laughs> it is pain yes you're perfect <laughs> Ten, fear tension pain there's the three right. words um <laughs> goodness what? and it just loops it, it loops you're perfect yeah. <laughs> One feeds the other and, and, you know, and, and we have to intercept somewhere, you know, um, and often releasing tension is, you know, then the, 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 the fear around the pain and then the subsequent tension, you know, can be intercepted through that relaxation, that release of tension mm-hmm. as one, as one portal in, you could also, you know, focus directly with the fear or, you know, there's different ways in, but. Right. And uh, but I love the idea of knowing that in those rests in between, you can by doing less, you can do something to get you out of that loop. Like there's stuff to be done, not just with the contractions, but also to be undone during. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. Yes, definitely. Very cool. Now, um, when I was looking through your book, you have a lovely uh, comforting touch for birth guidebook. Um, and one of the things that I was like, oh, I want to know more about this. You, the, one of the principles is that go beyond anatomy, feel for the grooves. What does that mean? Mm. You know, I, I, what that means is that, um, you know, we don't need to know, you don't have to go to school and study the full anatomy of the body, unless you're interested <laughs> to be a good birth partner. Um, that if we just, you know, Typically, massage or pressure or tension, I'm sorry, um, uh, comforting touch doesn't actually feel comforting if we stroke on bone directly. But in the seams between bone and muscle or muscle and muscle, um, it's actually quite pleasurable. So you need, don't need to know where everything flows, you know, where this muscle begins and that muscle ends. Um, if you just feel along your partner's body for any seam, you know, between the spine and the muscles along the spine or along the, the groove around the, the, the shoulder blade or any, you know, seam that you'll feel if you're stroking along, let's say their leg or, or arm or their shoulder, it's going to feel good. And, you know, I'm also an acupuncturist and all of the acupuncture points in the meridians they flow in those grooves so you know when when we when we um stroke along those seams um we help to move the energy in those pathways and get the blood flow moving and help release tension or pockets of accumulated you know tension or stress that are along those seams that's where all of the acupuncture points are they're in the grooves they're in the spaces in between so if you just follow those you don't have to worry about having a specific technique on a specific track any seam followed to its kind of natural conclusion which is usually at 
the next joint is going to feel incredibly satisfying for the person on the receiving end. Um, you know, and I say, you know, all the way to the joints because there is something also that's satisfying and grounding when you do go to the end point. Um, I talk about that in the guidebook as well. You know, that the, the, if, if we had the visual cue and I give the example of painting a wall and you, you, you would never, you would know that the wall isn't fully plain painted if you stopped three inches shy of the ceiling or if there was a patch of paint in the middle of the wall that you skipped over. And so the nervous system feels that too. You know, if you, you know, stop shy of in it, in the body, our joints are kind of like the molding They're They're where the like ceiling and the wall meet or the floor, you know, in the, in the molding meets the rest of the wall. And so, when we're when we're touching our our partners to in, include that and be as inclusive and as thorough and complete with our touch to you know if we're stroking up their back go all the way to the shoulders or if we're stroking down their back go all the way to the hips and to the buttock area and it's going to feel very satisfying and really lend itself to the person being able to more fully relax and release their tension they won't be holding on to it in those joints or in those grooves because you've gone with your touch and helped clear the path. Mm. And and also, I, I know I read the, of making sure you try to balance things out. So like if you did one side. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That that that's part of, you know, I guess that that imagery of completing the wall, you would know if you just painted half the room, you know. Um, so that's sort of the, the same analogy to, you know, uh, yeah, the, you know, making sure if you're, if you're stroking along one side of the back that you're also covering the other side of the back and, you know, I mean, labor also, you know, birth, you, you get into funny positions and, you know, you can't always reach, and this isn't about being perfect. This is about, you know, taking some of these principles in and refining your touch and using them to, you know, in support of your own intuition, support of what you're actually capable of doing, you know, in the different situations that you'll, you know, in different positions you'll find yourself in during labor itself. Mm -hmm. And I do love the analogy of painting the wall. Like that is such a clear visual for me. It's fantastic. I always say, I mean, a lot of these principles came out of me, you know, reflecting on what, what was so awful about all of the massages that I don't like in my life. Like why do what's going on that I'm not like liking it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was always thinking about, you know, when I would go to like a, um, uh, like a, a nail spa and get a pedicure and, and that they, you know, they often will just kind of like with the, you know, 10 minute massage, they'll massage just like halfway up the calf and, and not go all the way to the knee. And there's always been that sense of like, a hankering it leaves this like sense of like longing like my knees like and the rest of my calf is like what about me you know it's like there's like a, a sensory jealousy that goes on you know um that that wants to be satisfied so the more we can provide touch that's very satisfying the more the person can really relax and release their tension and feel completely held yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I can totally relate to that. Like, what about me? <laughs> like that, that yeah. the body going like, but, but you didn't finish, and then you start focusing yeah. on the part that, that that wasn't finished, and it kind of undoes the beauty that was done on the part that did get a touch. 
Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm very into flow, like flow and, you know, including, mm-hmm. you know, other body parts, even when you're just working on one, let's say you're giving your partner a foot massage, you know, at some point in early labor or postpartum or whenever that might come up, you know, not only to massage their leg to the, to the ankle, but, you know, go past it, go all the way up the calf to the knee, you know, and, and cause that foot's attached to the leg and the rest of the body, you know? So, um, the, 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 the nervous system has that gets, gets pleasure or grounding from mm. that, you know, drawing those connections and oh. not just touching one little spot. Absolutely. And, I, going back to the analogy of painting the wall, what do people like? So we've talked about how, you know, what to do on the wall, laying that paint on the wall. What do they know about how to hold the brush? Like, what do they do with <laughs> <laughs> on using their hands and how to use their hands? Right. That's, that's great. <laughs> Let's take the analogy all the way. All the way. Um, <laughs> um you know, so I mean, really, I think that people can use whatever part of their own hand and their body that feels good to them. Sometimes it's, you know, you know, tracing the path, let's say, for instance, along the seam between, you know, let's say we're at the the base of the spine and the hips and you've been supporting your partner there during the contraction and then you're going to stroke up the length of their back along that seam between the spine and the muscles along the spine, Um you can use your thumbs, you can use your palms, you can use one hand at a time on one side and then switch. You can use both palms or thumbs at the same time. I think the biggest thing that I teach people, because, you know, like labor is a long, even the shortest labor is still several hours, you know? So if you're providing this kind of comfort for your partner, um, you need to, you need to keep your stamina up and you need to do things in a way that is sustainable. Um, so part of using the brush is, well, if the brush is your, your palms or your thumbs or your knuckles or whatever you're using, that you use your body weight to lean in to your partner's body while you're doing it, as opposed to reaching from far away. And that's going to just help you not strain your back or not, um, you know, hurt your own body. And, um, I also usually will advise people to, um, uh, lunge, you know, have one knee forward if they're kneeling, you know, one knee up, like in the proposal position, or if they're standing, you know, standing in a little bit of a forward lunge so that as they come in and out of the body with that brush, that is their hand and stroking up or down that they're not straining anywhere. And that, that, that lunging posture really helps make for um, less strain on the, the giver. Um, but is that enough? Did you want more specifics about, you know, how to use that, that, that brush? I mean, it's, it's a little bit hard to describe without giving a visual, but I do think that people, people yeah. can pretty much use any part of their hand that feels right to them. I tend to use palms and thumbs the most. Um, but, you know, I've had people who have like wrist issues and they'll modify and they'll use, you know, their, their, they'll have their hand in a knuckle or a fist and use that to, um, to lean into and press into their partner's body. And it, it can work just as well. Mm. The main thing is to just stay in that, in the, in the grooves and not get onto the bone. 
Yeah, and I love the idea of body mechanics and leaning in and using not just mm-hmm. your hands, but the whole body to do it. Now, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, I know that one of your principles was to use both hands, and I want to learn more about that. We'll be right back. Today's episode is sponsored by Acorns, and sometimes I find that investing gets put off because it doesn't seem urgent or because with our busy lives, we may not have the time to research and manage said investments, which is why I so appreciate that Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future and that you don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just your spare change. So for example, I take advantage of Acorn's roundup feature where they round up the purchase amounts I make in my linked account to the nearest dollar, and then they automatically transfer that to my invest account portfolio. Also, Acorns can recommend an expert-built portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. For me, that's easy peasy investing. Head to acorns.com slash birthful or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. Client testimonial may not be representative of all clients. Tier 1 compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com slash birthful. Investing involves risk, including loss of principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors LLC Acorns is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorn Securities LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. And we're back talking about comforting touch for birth. So, yeah, you got one of your... your the principles is to use both hands. Does that mean like use both hands at the place where you're at or rubbing both sides? Like what? Yeah. What does that mean? Use both hands. <laughs> um, so w- what that means is there, there's something that I actually just had an experience of, of being massaged by someone um, who was literally, I really couldn't believe this was actually texting with one hand while they were massaging me. What? And yeah, and I, it's it, what it, it occurred is funny to me because I always talk about that in my classes. Use both hands because it conveys the 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 sense that you are fully present, that you're fully there. It doesn't mean that both hands always have to be active or anything like that, but it just it just communicates that like I'm fully here. I don't have a hand that's texting or eating a sandwich, and I have this massage. And and this this massage therapist is a phenomenal therapist when he has two hands on you. But when he's got one hand on you and the other one's texting. Well, and it's... his brain's not there either. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> aside, I mean, the, the, <laughs> the whole thing in that instance is kind of ridiculous, but it helps to illustrate the point because it's such an extreme yeah. that even if you're not necessarily texting with your other hand, having that other hand on your partner's body um, while you're working uh, or while you're stroking there their back or their hips or their legs or whatever part that you're touching um, is, you know, that, that second hand is, it's, it's part of that grounding. It's part of that. I'm fully here. Um, it has a grounding effect. And, um, and there are some other aspects of it that I think are also relevant, but very hard to describe without a visual. So I won't get into that. Suffice it to say, really, though, that the two hands communicates, I'm fully present with you. I'm all in. You're all in having our baby. (laughs) I'm all in with you 
having her baby. Um, and it's it's just a, a subtle difference, but um, you can you can just experiment with it. You know, I think one of the most important things is for uh, couples to dedicate some time prenatally to getting their hands on each other and practicing different techniques and practicing different kinds of relaxing, um, you know, comforting strokes and see what feels right and get feedback and get a sense of the lay of the land of their body in, in, in that, in that regard. Um, so, you know, you could practice feeling like if I'm going to, let's say, just stroke up your back from your hips to your shoulders with one hand, you can practice, you know, what does that feel like when I do it just with one hand and the other hand is off your body? And then what does it feel like if I have that second hand placed on your other hip while I do that same stroke? And there's not a student that I've ever had that hasn't said, wow, it is completely different. Mm. No, absolutely. And because, I mean, if you think about it, if I'm stroking from from the shoulder all the way down towards the hip with only one mm-hmm. hand, once I get to the hip and I'm going back to the shoulder, like usually you go only one way, or at least that's kind of like what right. I do. So you sure. lift your hand to go back to the shoulder. And in that time where you lifted, if you're doing just one hand, where you lifted your hand, there's no touch. You've just right. completely let go. Right. You've lost contact. Lost and, contact. And, yeah. By the, yeah. And so having that, I can totally appreciate how having that other hand does convey constant support. And like, if we look at the getting to the nitty gritty of what mm-hmm. doulas do and what the research has shown, and if you, you go to that Cochrane report on the benefit of having an independent person who's not part of the family and who's not part of the hospital or the care team that provides continuous support and that that mm-hmm. continuous I hope everybody heard the underline and caps that I put around it <laughs> um, and so this is the very simple subtle way to in, in in not speaking to brain to brain but speaking at other levels of I have your can you have my continuous support here mm-hmm. through this hand that. that I am showing mm. you yeah Yes, yes, definitely. And since you did give, you know, you you actually, when you were describing it, you were able to actually paint a pretty clear picture. I will just say the other benefit is that, so if you picture that you have that hand that's providing that continuous support, literally, um, on the shoulder, let's say, and the other hand is stroking down the back towards the hips, um, when you come to the end of that seam, that hand that has been holding the shoulder is kind of an anchor. So it when you're when you're pressing with the other hand, you're also very subtly stretching the tissue as opposed to if you didn't have that hand, everything would kind of just come with that hand stroking down. But when you keep that hand there, it, it allows for more of a stretch and, and a subtle elongation that happens at the same time. And when we create, you know, length uh, and space in the tissue anywhere along the backside, like everything's interconnected, you know, that those muscles and all of that, that, that tissue and the fascia is connected into the sacrum. So if there's more space in the back, there's more room in the sacrum more room in the pelvis, you know, so all, everything affects everything basically. Um, but that kind of gets into a little bit more of specifically, you know, how the, the, that second hand can, um, add another benefit. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. No, I love it. I love these like subtle guides, but that makes mm. sense. And I want to highlight the importance of what you said about practicing ahead of time, <laughs> about testing things out ahead of time. And I remember when I first, so when I, when I did childbirth education classes, which is way long ago, and I wasn't a doula and didn't know anything about anything of birth related. One of the things we did was practice several laboring positions. And during those laboring positions, you know, the instructor had my husband or the, or the partners there not just practice the position, but while in the position, okay, and you can do this kind of touch or you can do, the, you know, like suggest some touch. And I had such a resistance to that, recreate like that playing the scenario out, like role playing, because I just felt it was really hokey. <laughs> <laughs> but again, prefacing it was I didn't know anything about it, all of this. <laughs> No, and, and that's just me. A lot of people are like, oh, it's so helpful to do this ahead of time. But there is... So did you do it or you didn't oh, do it? Oh, I did. It? Of course I did it. Oh, okay. But I was just like, but I was a cynic snickering snot throughout inside going like, here we go. Let's practice sitting on the ball. Right. <laughs> but there is a thing like I've learned for of muscle memory since then. And there is a benefit, intrinsic benefit that at the moment in time it might be it might be feel a little like why are we doing this right now we have no idea how birth is going to go and you know I've got it anyway so I don't need to do this like that was kind of my energy um (laughs) I know I know I know um (laughs) but but just understand that that practicing ahead of time is not for the benefit of that moment is for the benefit of your labor later like it, it, you it, even though mentally you might be thinking why are we doing this right now understand that doing it right then is actually helping make your labor better you're mm-hmm. paying it forward kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah definitely definitely yeah Mm. And, you know, what What I was going to say, it just made me think about also, though, like, you know, it, you know, you're, you're going to practice, hopefully. Um, and there's all this, you know, these studies and this evidence around like rehearsing, even just rehearsing in your mind, how powerful that can be. But certainly rehearsing, you know, with your hands on your partner's body and, and understanding their body a little bit more and practicing some of the techniques is going to be beneficial, you know, in the moment. Um, but... Uh, oh, I lost my additional thought. <laughs> so, so I've got one that came up Good. while you were talking. Maybe this, Great. maybe it's this, and we just transferred it to my head. Is um, the fact that so that was me? I'm the laboring person, right? But this practice is also going to give your partner confidence. Is going to oh. give you know, them a chance to have specific tools that they can then go to and hopefully use during labor that they didn't have before. And there's a difference between them reading about it or somebody telling them about it and them actually practicing it with you because then the awkwardness of trying it out to see if it works or what you're going to feel kind of gets out of the way. And then 
when labor comes up, they're like, okay, I'm going to try this thing because we've already done it. So I yeah. know that I'm not going to, there's no guarantees, but most likely I'm not going to be like shouted to go away. Right. <laughs> yes. And also don't take it personally if you are. Yes. <laughs> that, that's the, the thought that I had that I, that I, that slipped my mind for a moment was, was just that, you know, you're going to practice and you're going to, you know, have as much yeah, uh, you know, experience before going in. But, you know, the good news is, is that like in labor, if you're not sure of what to do, or if you try something that you tried at home and it worked before labor, but now it's not working, you can always, you know, check in with them and try different things. But the, 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 um, the thing that I always tell people though, is that you're not going to want to do that during the contraction itself. That's, you know, sometimes, you know, a person, in labor is not available to have a conversation during their contractions. I mean, they're not even available for a full conversation in between contractions once you're in active labor. Um, but if you if you're not sure about something or something didn't work and you want to try something different, you're going to want to do that in the space in between contractions. Um, so if you know you try something, uh, you know that that you you tried at home. Let's say the hip squeeze that you've been practicing, and for some reason, you know she's not liking it, or she's wanting something a little bit different. You know, you can wait till the next till the contraction passes, and then just check in and try different things in between, and then say, okay, so for the next one, let's try it this way. Um, so I think that's that's helpful too. You know, uh, to not try to work through the contractions to figure things out if it's off, and 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 wait until. Um, the contractions passed unless it's just a matter of a, a, a subtle little adjustment. And usually the, you know, my client or, you know, your partner will say, Oh, higher or harder, you know, or lower or lighter things like that. And that's easy to adjust during the contractions. Absolutely. And I, I love the idea of checking in, in between, <laughs> clearly in between the contractions. <laughs> yes. During contractions, just, take her lead do just <laughs> she is doing some hard birthing person is doing some hard 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 deep transcendent work in those many yes. moments yes. believe it or not like it's so intense um but I, and then when you try something new what i like to follow up with is after you tried it you checked in try something new tried it during the contraction and then afterwards check in again just go like how did that feel if you didn't already get a clear indication of like, oh, that was really good. Right. Right. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So it, it's it's a fluid situation. And and under, this I think this is something that doulas understand well is that you you try something and if it's working, you keep doing it until it stops working and then you try something else. And that things that you may think were going to be helpful ahead of time might not be helpful in the time. And that's okay. Like you might think, oh, you want to listen to music and you've got this whole playlist. And when you're in labor, suddenly you want nothing. Like that music is the most annoying thing. And I know right. of a friend who <laughs> threw her iPod across the room. <laughs> she lunged it because she was so disgusted by having the music. That's um, hysterical. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. that's okay. Like don't take it personally. Even if you worked hours on that playlist, not about you. <laughs> right, 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 right. Totally. And also, you know, it can change during during the labor itself. Like maybe the music's nice for a while and then all of a sudden you need quiet. Or maybe that particular uh, comforting touch technique that you're doing is is working for a while and then it stops. You know, that, that you know, kind of like what you were saying. We just, you know, do it until 
it stops working and then we can move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one thing that you made me think about also has to do with uh, uh, oils and things with scents, because that's another thing that you might think, oh, I really want my favorite lavender oil during labor. You know, you always want to just like check and make sure if in real time during labor, you actually do like it. Because the last thing you want is to have this favorite lavender oil slathered all over your back and suddenly in labor you can't stand the smell of lavender you know so you know you always want to be checking in and 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 um and modifying as as things come up and change i had a similar experience in early labor where we had prepared for a potluck that evening or my mom was cooking she was from in from out of town and she was cooking she's going to make a dinner for friends that were coming over and it's this venezuelan like traditional it's a modified recipe of a peruvian recipe anyway (laughs) it involved chicken (laughs) it is delicious soup with chicken and cheese and cream and it's like it is very special Mm. um and a friend of mine really wanted to try it and we had said that they to that they could come over mom had bought all the things and we're um in early labor that day and we get home and she's starting to cook the thing and so my whole house smells like chicken and i am like cannot stand the smell i am dying of like ah this is the worst ever but it's a dundee like i didn't even tell her anything because what was the point there's like i just had to labor with the stink of chicken (laughs) that's hysterical yeah food smells for sure (laughs) yeah so what you might think was delicious in one moment or wonderful in one moment that's a great point of test it out in a little area first and give yeah. it to the person to smell and get confirmation of like, are you still good with this? Me, like with me using this all over your body right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, um, I wanted to ask you like, so one of the things that, that one of my, my comforting touch moves that I really appreciate um, that I use a lot during labor and that I get great feedback on is what I like to call the jiggle. And you call it something else, (laughs) but I call it the leg jiggle. Um, And I'm curious to talk more about it because I find that that tends to work more, in my experience, during the contraction rather than in between it. And it's not pressure. It's different. So, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Well, so it's interesting. I so. I just refer to it as shaking or shaking it off. And when you think about it, like when, you know, animals in the wild and nature, like when something's happening or they're, they're they, they will release tension from their bodies by shaking all the time. Your dog comes in from outside and, you know, shakes everything and gets mud everywhere. It's a very instinctive kind of way of regulating our nervous system and releasing tension. So, um, so someone can actually do that for you. You don't have to shake. Someone can actually put their hands on your hips or on your thighs and and shake and help facilitate that release. Um, and in my experience, I have only once had a client, um, and it wasn't even my client. Um, it was it, she was just I was in a class where she was sharing her birth story and she was saying that that was what she needed during her contractions the entire time. Typically. I'll, you know, use that shaking technique um, more as a relaxation technique to release residual tension after the contractions. But here's the thing. You just do what works. You know, you can try anything. And whatever works 
works. The way that I explain why things like that, that like repetitive jiggling, shaking, whatever you call it, um, works during a contraction is is based on that same idea of the gate control theory of pain. And even though typically I see that most people want a firm, grounded, steady pressure, if you're doing something consistently, repeatedly, over and over and over and over and over and over and over, the way that a jiggle or the shaking works, then it kind of has a steadiness to it. So you can, somebody can be doing that to you and it's helping to provide all of this sensation to dilute the intensity of your contractions, but, um, it's not taking your, it's not taking your mental focus away because it's so steady and consistent and constant. You don't have to like attend to it in any way. It's just there, you know, it's there and you can focus however you need to focus. So that's how I explain why different kinds of like repetitive, even sometimes like a repetitive stroking on your partner's leg could sometimes work for people is because if it's so repetitive and steady, it, it, it functions like a, lap, a lapping wave can be calming and steady and relaxing. You just know it's there. And so it's not going to take your mental focus away. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. It's so good. And also, you know, when I find when I do the jiggle, it's about... I'm not just like rubbing the leg. It's about more of having a, a, not a tight grasp, but a firm grasp so that I, it's a movement. And that's why I think I like to call it a jiggle rather than a, than a shake because it's mm-hmm. more internal like well you know like jello jiggles from the inside once you get <laughs> yeah once you get momentum going you're not even do you're continuing the momentum but that leg is kind of moving on its own or the, those mm-hmm. hips it's it's not about moving yeah it, it just feels more it's it's not something done on top of it it's more of a deeper movement I guess is what I yeah think. and I think and I think yeah your 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 indicator around like your your touch needs to be firm so that it's really planted on the hips or on the leg that legs that you're shaking is an important piece about it because you can't be kind of sliding your your palms or your hands around it's not going to produce that 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 vibration that's happening that 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 inner vibration that's happening in the body um as a result Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I've had so many people go like that thing you were doing on my leg. I'm like, yeah, the jiggle. That's great. <laughs> it's a I love special it. hidden move. <laughs> yeah, it's somebody. I, who calls it the shaking the apple tree? So Ayame Gaskin does shaking the apple tree, yeah. but she gets more like puts both hands on, if, especially if somebody's hands and knees that you know you have full access to the butt, like mm-hmm. put both hands on the butt and really do like a. Uh, like a, a vigorous shake uh-huh, where, uh-huh. where I find that's different from like that definitely has a place in a moment and in, 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 in labor if needed like that's one thing but I find that this jiggle is different in the sense that it's not it can be either even it just has a rhythm to it and it's more of like I think of jello I think of like that internal mm. whole muscle movement rather than I'm just shaking mm. things from the outside mm. Yeah, you know? mm. I um, want to see you do it <laughs> All right. We I'll can't have... do that on this podcast, can we? <laughs> we can't do it on this podcast, but we can like, you know, Skype later. And I know I should do video. I should do video of that myself. Because yes. yes. it's, it's, it's the jiggle. Um, 
<laughs> yes, Scott, uh, if people want to know more, like, did we cover everything you wanted to mention or are we forgetting I anything? I think this is great. I think we covered all the, you know, the bullets. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 I'm happy with it. Um, what uh, if people want to know more about you or take your classes, get your book? What? How can they do that? Sure. Um, they can go to my website. It's yiscaobadia.com. If you don't know how to spell that, um, I'm sure it's written somewhere on the podcast. Spell it anyway, though, because I will include it in the show notes. It will be spelled that there and then the title. But just in case if somebody's, okay. yeah, if somebody's just <laughs> listening and that's all they've got, go for it. Sure. It's www.yiskaobadia. Yiscaobadia.com. And um, I have a lot of different resources for both doulas and expectant parents on the site. The guidebook, Comforting Touch for Birth, um, you'll find it under the resources tab there. And that's, you know, for both doulas and expectant parents. Um, and it's at, you know, very affordable resource. Um, and there are a bunch of, you know, free resources that I have. Um, I have a comfort measures checklist that people can kind of look at, you know, what are the most important and potential, you know, comfort measures that they can use during labor that maybe they haven't even thought about, um, and, uh, yeah, and a bunch of free videos. And you mentioned the videos. Like, I have a, a videos page under my resources. So my website is really the best place to go. And you'll find most everything under the resources tab. And then there's a classes and training section for people who are local. I teach groups and privates um, in New York City. Fantastic. Thank you so, so much for being here today. That was lots of fun. Yes, thank you. Mighty Ones, find the in-depth show notes for this episode at birthful.com, where you can also learn more about me, the shows, Patreon member benefits, send me messages, and more. We are also on Instagram as at Birthful Podcast, so come say hi. This episode was produced by me and made possible by you. The title song for this podcast is Vive Ace by Kevin McLeod, and the sponsorship song is Air Hockey Saloon by Chris Zabriskie. Find them both at freemusicarchive.org. Oh, Yuska said that for breakfast, she loves her gluten-free English muffin toasted with almond butter and jam. And for something warm to drink, she has a dandy blend tea with coconut creamer. Delicious. I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next week when I'll be talking to a mighty parent as they share their amazing story here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so very much for listening. This episode is copyright 2020 by Adriana Lozada. Hey, Mighty One, did you know that if you started listening to one birthful episode per day at the start of your pregnancy, your baby would be about three months old before you got through all of them? That is so much birthful. So to ease us into the summer and to help you catch up on your listening, we're going back to releasing one episode per week instead of two. Now you know.